When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the World Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334. The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. To join us to discuss this is BJSports.com's own Paul Meharry, who returns to the War Report. I'm looking forward to this. Paul, mm. how are you doing, man? How are you doing, good sir? Pleasantries. Pleasantries, gentlemen. How are, how are we tonight? Oh, man. Oh, I've been waiting on this for a year, Paul. Whoa. Hey, man, you see the shirt, man? You see the shirt? I, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. I went on What's going on, guys? January. <laughs> What's going on, uh, man? You know. What's going on, guys? <laughs> we get it, Paul. We get it. Jeez. Life is good over there. Life mm. is good over there. Uh, how 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 are things, man? How how are things? Blessed, you know, blessed and highly favored over here. <laughs> it's like, um, well, when you're national champion, the sun shines every day, right? You know, it doesn't rain over here, I, you know. Oh man, that is great. Uh, oh oh man. You, no, you've I, earned, I, you've I, earned I, the right to, to be this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, true, look, man, true I've, I've been looking forward to this uh, since last year, man. We had a really good time. And uh, you guys are growing like crazy. So, you know, big ups to you guys over here, man. I watch your stuff, even though I, for, I don't know why. I guess your personalities. I don't really care about <laughs> what you're doing. But I watch you guys' stuff. So uh, you're doing good, man. Mm-hmm. So appreciate that. Appreciate well, that. Well, hold on, wait, Paul. Talk to, just talk to me a little bit about life post, because this was a long drought for for Georgia in terms of national championships. And you guys finally did it. And um, I got a chance to talk to Kirby at Media Days. Um, You know, he talked about being uh, the hunter and not the hunted. 
um, you know, he put the full weight of his support behind Stetson Bennett and said, hey, this is our guy. He's earned the right to not look over his shoulder, and we have faith in the guys behind him, but Stetson's the guy. Um, you know, what? What kind of shift in the fan base happens after you win a national title once you finally get that monkey off your back? <laughs> you would think everybody's, like, happy, right? And they're like, yeah, you know. Nah, man, it's, just, it's still the same Georgia fans, you know. Mm. Last week, they wanted a different quarterback, you know. Um, so it only took one game against Missouri – for your, you know, walk on national champion quarterback, you know, this power story that that ESPN would love to have as a, you know, 30 for 30, you want him gone. Uh, you know, after playing Missouri in one week. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where the fan base it's getting close to realizing, hey, we could be here every year, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time they they still have that pessimism about them, like from the Larry Munson years, where something was always going to mess up. Something was always going to mess up. Uh, you know, Mark Richt. There was always going to be a game where Mark Richt slipped up. You know, there was always going to be a game where Jim Donnan slipped up a couple of games. But, you know, it's just <laughs> you go through that and you're like, all right, well, where's Kirby going to mess up now? And you haven't really seen it. You, you got close to You got really close to seeing it last week. Uh, yeah, but yeah. talent prevailed. You know, Jimmy St. Joe's prevailed. Uh, but at the same time, it's like one of those things where you look at it and you go, I don't know if Georgia fans will, if, even if they won again this year, I don't know if they would be contempt. You know, and it's one of those things where I think it's just the pessimism in, inside of them that still gets them. Yeah, years, years, of, uh, years of angst is not, we, not easy to get rid of. We feel your pain, man. Yeah, yeah man. It's, it's one of those things. It's just uh, like our show last week, we do a post-game overreaction show. We call it the P.O.S., Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we get wild on there. We were up till two thirty, three AM last week and, uh, folks were calling for this guy's head and for him to get off the field. And we're talking about five stars guys. <laughs> we're, like, we're not talking about, you know, like three star guys who shouldn't be on the field. We're talking about five star offensive linemen that folks are calling for them to get off the field. So it, it never ends, man. We, we, let's start with Georgia defense versus the Auburn offense. And one of the things I do want to talk about, cause it, I don't need the graphic for, for this right now is, Let's talk about the Georgia defense. Uh, historical defense last year. Yeah. I expected a bit of a drop-off, but I wasn't expecting much. I mean, you're still really pretty dang good. Number two in total defense in the SEC, 12th nationally, allowing a total of 264 yards per game. Uh, rush defense, also ranked number two in the SEC, 12th nationally. You're allowing... A little under 90 yards per game on the ground. Mm. Uh, number three in the SEC in pass yards allowed, 18th nationally, allowing 175. In other words, your defense is still pretty good. Your thoughts your about thoughts the Georgia about the defense, defense so far? Yeah, I mean, obviously you lost a ton of guys last year, right? I mean, we, we all saw who went to the drafts. You had all those first-rounders. And looking back on this defense three, four years ago, three, four recruiting cycles ago, I said, hey, this defensive line that they're bringing in is, is not it's not going to be the greatest. Right. And we now see that with Zion Logue, Walther. You have Jalen Carter up there. Hopefully he gets to play. But Missouri tried to take out the left side of his leg. Uh, I don't know if you, you guys see that play. That's pretty dirty. I did. Um, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I don't I'm actually shocked he didn't get flagged. So I'm yeah. shocked he didn't tear ACL on that or something, uh, yeah. to be honest. But um, it's just this defensive line is the part where if Auburn really wants to attack, that they can move this defensive line. Now, what this council guy did, your center. Uh, <laughs> so I can I can tell you guys I can tell you guys without with with 
without a shadow of a doubt, the team knows what he said. Of course. I know this like for sure, for sure. It is in the locker room. Um, so just so you know that that is there. Uh, I don't know why he would. I don't know why he would say that, but he did. Um, and it's, the, the whole team knows about it. So congratulations, uh, Mr. Council. You will, I'm sure, get, be getting uh, some extra smack talk uh, this year. But I, I can promise you it is in the locker room. Okay. Um, but we're talking about defense. Yeah, Malachi Starks. I tell like R.I.P. Is, yeah. is, is Carter is Carter <laughs> Carter is is he is he playing? Nah, nah yeah, I he, doubt it. Yeah, you, I mean Kirby might, said it is, is he's going to take a couple of weeks likely to be back. So yeah, and with Kirby, if he says a couple of weeks, man, you might see him in a couple of years. I mean, he might have an arm <laughs> off. You know, it's you never. So know. once again, you're confirming for me that head coaches don't always dis- ex- disclose the extent of injuries of players. Right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh, no, wow. I mean, that's so weird. That's, it's, it's so weird because somehow people tried to convince me that every other coach does it except ours. So, okay. Anyway, continue. No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, okay. Kirby's, Kirby's really bad at that. Uh, he said A.D. Mitchell could have gone back into the game. We haven't seen him in three or four weeks. So, oh. you know what I mean? It's, it's one <laughs> of those that's things. so weird because, I mean, I don't know, man. It's I, I find it interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Continue. Uh, so Malachi Starks, true freshman back there at safety, man, has really come along. Uh, he's going to be like the next big time guy for Georgia. Kind of how like LeCount was in a sense, but he's bigger. Uh, just that vocal leader, already showing leadership ability. Uh, and then you got Jamon Dumas Johnson, who everybody calls Pop because he looks old. Uh, but <laughs> he plays middle linebacker and uh, just flies around the field. I mean, Georgia, it's it's kind of weird, right? They've been known to be RBU, right? But right now, I think it's LBU. They're putting out linebackers, yeah, man, yeah. uh, and middle linebackers specifically. Really, they they just put out a ton of them. And Demos Johnson is the next one in line. Smile Munden is another name you guys probably aren't familiar with that that didn't play last year is now playing this year. Very much like a Quay Walker type in the middle for Georgia. Uh, so he's Dumas Johnson is more like the Nakobe Dean. He's the the leader, he, he's seeing stuff. Uh, Smile Monday is the one that just comes and hits you, kind of like Quay Walker did last year. Uh, still got Nolan Smith. He hasn't made a ton of noise this year. He, he's gotten into some pressures, uh, but he hasn't got a ton of sacks. Robert Beal, you haven't heard a ton from this year, even though he led the team in sacks last year. Chris Smith at safety is uh, back for his what seems like 10th year. So uh, he's, he's probably off his parents' insurance by now. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, congrats to him. And then Keely Ringo, he got burned last week. And then Kamari Lasseter uh, is playing good at corner. But you're not going to see a lot of rotation, I don't think. The Georgia limited it. Uh, I do the grades every week for Georgia. I transpose them basically over to UGA Sports from PFF. And only played 19 guys on defense as opposed to, I think, 40 in the, the games before that. So mm-hmm. there's not going to be a ton of rotation. You're going to see a couple d- different defensive linemen, but for the most part, what you see on your screen is going to get most of the snaps, I would think. Uh, is Starks the one that got the first pick of the game uh, yeah. against Oregon? Yeah. Was that him? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. He's an impressive kid. Yeah, he's already got two picks. Uh, Chris Smith got a pick. Then you got Dan Jackson, the walk-on kid at safety. He's got one. And then uh, Tresman Marshall has one backup linebacker. I was about to say, Dan Jackson's kind of like all over the place at times because he's like – one of the leading tacklers on the team. I think he's like fourth or whatnot. So he's, he's, yeah. is he, is he comes off? Does he, does he come off the bench? Yeah, he comes off the bench now. Uh, he, he, I think he started the first game. Then they threw Starks in kind of after the second quarter or so. And Starks has primarily taken over that role. But 
they run a lot of three safety, and you'll see Dan Jackson out there a good bit too, uh, running that. Whether they bring Chris Smith down to the star, they do some different type of things to where um, you'll you'll mainly see him in like a, a nickel defense for the most part, and, and Dan's that fifth guy out there. So we've seen. I mean, Kirby Smart knows defense, puts a good defense out on the field. How do you anticipate him defending against Robbie Ashford this Saturday? Uh, would you expect him to have a spy? What, what, how do you how do you expect him to defend our mobile QB? You know, I don't know if Georgia's seen a guy like that this year in terms of just being you know extremely mobile. Bo Nix is he's you guys know uh, more than anybody. Mm, I'm not familiar. Who's that guy? <laughs> He he's mobile, but it's it's one of those mobile things where it's like you don't want him to be mobile. He's mobile in the wrong situations, if that makes sense. Yes, I'm sure it does to you guys Absolutely. again. But uh, yep. yeah, so yep. I see Robbie as being the kind of guy where you want him mobile, and he gets mobile in certain situations on purpose. Uh, and whether they put Sm- smile would be a great candidate for that. Uh, just because he's so big and he's so talented, you want Dumas Johnson just kind of roaming the field as well. Uh, he could be the spy, um, but. I would definitely suspect a heavy dose of, you know, spying Robbie Ashford. And then also Kirby and Glenn Schumann love to uh, inside linebacker blitz a lot and throw that in heavily, you know, after uh, the play has started two or three seconds after, see how the, the offensive line protects and then throw in one of those guys. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that a lot too, especially with, uh, you know, the ability of tank, you know, back there, you want to get him down as quickly as possible too. Mm-hmm. Ike, um, a question for you before we flip this. How important is it on the road? This is the first road test of the year for this team. Crowd noise is going to be a factor. The communication with this offensive line that's been mixed and matched, uh, a lot of different bodies moved all over the place. How important is uh, Brandon Council in this game in terms of getting the offense lined up, getting the bright protections called? How critical is this going to be? Yeah, I mean, he he is the key to all of this. I think what Auburn, I don't know what they're going to do, but what I would try to do is try to go tempo so that you don't have to do a lot of huddle up, try to call the play, change at the line of scrimmage. I would just say, hey, we're going to we're gonna run pace, and we're just going to try to, especially now hearing Paul say that they're not in the habit of subbing a lot. Right, keep, right. keep those guys on the field mm-hmm. and keep your foot on the gas and hopefully you wear them down over time. So the communication is not going to be as big a deal because you just con- you're going to make a lot of sight reads. But that is where Brandon Council's got to be on his game. And he has to understand down in distance what the call is going to be communicating that out. Robbie Ashford's going to have to take command and, and really have a firm understanding of what they're attempting to do to make sure that he's on the same page as well with all that. But I think tempo is going to be. Can I, can I add one thing to that, too? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Georgia will rotate their defensive linemen if given the chance. They right. love to take three off and put three on. I mean, it, it is their go-to. It, to piggyback off what you said, with Council being that center, you've got to be able to move the ball and keep those three guys on because they're so used to coming off after every two, three plays. If you keep them on there for four or five, that's where you can kind of really gash Georgia. You mm-hmm. haven't seen it done a lot. Mizzou tried to do it a little bit last week, but it, it wasn't done correctly. Uh, if you're able to just keep that ball moving, that's where you can get Georgia in a, in a vulnerable spot. These young guys that played well versus LSU are all going to get on the field quite a bit. Um, so I'll be interested to see, again, uh, Paul, you mentioned that it was essentially Jimmy's and Joe's the other week, right? Yeah. Um, because of the way that they played. 
And that's always going to be Georgia's advantage here moving forward. Brian talks about it a lot. Kirby and Saban recruit so well. They don't have to maybe be the best on paper because you have a guy like Starks who's just going to show up and make some crazy, amazing play. Uh, but the version of this offense that these guys are going to run this weekend is going to require a lot more discipline from from Georgia on the back end of the defense. And, you know, moving Robbie Ashford around again, it's 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 going to be less of a three step. I mean, the, 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 the first three seconds of the play that Georgia is so well at covering is not going to be their problem. It's when Robbie Ashford extends the play and these guys are running around and they found a, a certain chemistry on the back end where they know where this quarterback wants them to be, and he's showing an ability to be able to get the ball to them in those spots, uh, you know, uh, in a position for them to be able to at least attempt to make a play. So they showed a little bit of it. I, I expect Georgia to, you know, again, play a little center field, and for Robbie Ashford to have to hit more of those passes underneath. He threw like nine balls, 20 or more yards, and completed like six of them on Saturday or something. I thought maybe it was six for eight, but it was some crazy number. I don't think he's going to be able to do that versus this defense. I think some of those passes are going to have to come up short in that intermediate range, 10, 10 to 20 yards. Uh, and those require a little bit more accuracy. That is going to be the test of whether this Auburn offense can get 300 yards on Georgia uh, or not. Right. And stay in this game. So uh, I'm the intermediate throws is what I'm looking at here. Uh, Koy Moore, again, he got out Russell for that one interception, but, you know, he he made some other impressive catches during that game. Camden Brown high pointed a football. Omari Kelly had an amazing concentration catch. Right. So these guys are starting maybe to find side. This is a tough test defensively. So if anybody's hearing that Auburn's going to have the most awesome offensive game ever versus Georgia, that's not what I'm saying. But um, there will be some spots, and I, I do think that these guys have a chance to maybe take advantage of some things early, and then hopefully, defensively, they can just hold on for dear life in the second half. Better hope. <laughs> Shut up, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Paul. Austin Berryhill says, how many fourth downs do you think we go for Saturday against Georgia? All of them. All of them. No punts. <laughs> no we're, punts. We're, we're playing NCAA 2022 video game. No punts. Wait, so who's kicking? That's the question. Oh, to my field goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, uh, I think this is Harson. Again, we we have things to talk about. I mean, we don't have a special teams chart, but we have things to talk about, again, concerning Anders Carlson. Now, uh, B, Harson was asked about Carlson, right? Was he not? He was, yeah. During the presser on Monday? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you were there. Mm-hmm. And he expressed faith in Carlson, but slyly said, but you know we got to make kicks. So I'll be interested to see if they get the legacy McPherson out there to take over some of these longer kicks, man, because I'll tell you what, if they have any shot at beating Georgia, you're going to have to nail a ton of field goals the way Missouri did. Yeah, I was about to say, Missouri, what allowed Missouri to keep the lead so long was they did well in the kicking game. Yeah, the same dude right. who blew the game versus Auburn on essentially what was an extra point, nailed 250-plus yarders against Georgia to even give them a chance at the end of that. So, like, yeah, I, that kid's no joke. Yeah, uh, well, he was during he our game, more. which we're thankful yeah, for. Even, he's not, yeah, he's no joke now. Yeah, <laughs> right. there's a lot of jokes a, a week ago. Yeah, yeah, apparently. He, I mean, y'all, he, y'all could have been two and three with the quickness. 
I mean, should have been two and three. Probably could have been four and one. Hey, so your mom, your mom could have been two and three too, Paul. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't bringing that up. Now, <laughs> where we're at with this is um, Carlson is going to have to make kicks, and if it's not Carlson, I'll be interested to see. Harson has pulled out the stop at every other position, so McPherson should be on the table, or Evan McGuire, even better. Um, I like Evan just the same way Ben Patton stepped into the Iron Bowl and he made a huge field goal in that game. I think it wasn't quite 40 yards. I think it was like in the 35-ish range, maybe. Something it was still like a big kick for a guy who's not kicked a field goal at Auburn before. Right. So, yeah, get the get the backup off the bench, man, and just don't, nobody should be safe. I don't give a damn about a Carlson in this one. I was going to say, is this y'all's third Carlson or second Carlson? It's our second, second yeah. Okay. The other one is doing pretty well in the NFL right now, but, boy, he needs okay. to give, give his brother some pep talks. Hey man, your chat's going. Your chat's going real disrespectful mm-hmm. on that two and three thing about my mom. I'm just going to let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say it again. You say it again, Mike. We are, <laughs> you get one for free. DM beef. DM beef. I'll come on your show so you can yeah, you can yeah, break yeah. me there we'll on your turn. Yeah. All right, guys. Listen, let's let's get back to it. Let's talk about our defense versus Georgia's offense. Now, Paul. I know a lot to be happy about, but Auburn can't really talk because we've been giving the ball away a lot. But Georgia has actually turned the ball over five times in the past two games, which is a big reason why these games have been pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's, what's, what's been, going on with your boy what's Lad? Been the, what's been the story? What's, <laughs> what's been the story? with your boy Lad? Yeah. <laughs> lad was a fine lad last year, uh, but, uh, you know, it's – for whatever reason, I think he's got into his head a little bit. You were hoping that that was going to come out of the Mizzou game, and he'd kind of straighten it out. It didn't. Uh, so you just got to keep riding with him right now. You want A.D. Mitchell back, you know, but you you want a lot of things in life. Uh, and once until you get A.D. Mitchell back, you're going to have to run this weird offense to where you've got two tight ends on the field with Bowers and Washington. You're going to try to go to Rosemary Jackson. They, they don't have that X receiver. Uh, and what I mean by that is a George Pickens, you yeah. know, mm. anybody like that uh, with AD not being on the field. So, you know, you're, you're trying to find that next best man. And they, they look to Ladd for that and just, you know, he stumbled a couple of times. But at the same time, he played some really good football last year as a true freshman, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they relied on him heavily in a lot of situations. So I, I wouldn't give up on him just yet. Uh, but what Georgia does with, with Washington and Bowers out there is just absolutely crazy, man. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. something to behold. Uh, watching those two guys on the, on the field at the same time, pulling in front of, you know, McIntosh or Milton or Edwards or whoever, uh, they, they just do a tremendous job, man. And and uh, a lot to be said about Todd Munkin. You know, his name's getting floated around for head coaching jobs. Uh, it seems like every one that comes up uh, has Munkin as one of the lead candidates, and rightfully so. I mean, his offense is is really clicking on a level that you wouldn't think with a guy like Setson Bennett at quarterback. And you look at it, there's not really that wide receiver that can blow the doors off anybody. Mm. Uh, Stetson Bennett is throwing the ball a lot over the first five games yeah. of the season compared to last year. Uh, is that is that just more faith in him as a quarterback? Mm-hmm. I mean, he had 31 passes. I mean, he had a game with like less than 13 passes or something last year that you guys won. Um, but you know, he's again, 31, 34 versus Sanford versus South Carolina. He had 23, um, against Missouri last week. He threw the ball 43 times. Um, you know, can we expect to see them continue the high volume of throws there for Stetson against this Auburn defense? Uh, you know, this has been a defense that, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like they're, they're kind of mid, they've been mid, but the pass rush has been improving. 
Um, and DJ James and Keontae Scott have emerged as, you know, really good uh, defensive backs in this league. You know, are we, are we expecting them to air it out? Yeah, until they can get this running game figured out and see who the you know primary running back is going to be. They relied on Dejon Edwards to you know close them out last week against Mizzou and, and get them down the field that little five minute offense in the fourth. It's I'm curious to see who they're going to rely on moving forward. Is it Kendall Milton? Is it Kenny Mack? Is it Dejon Edwards? You know, there's a lot of guys that can play that running back position, but nobody's really stepped up yet. So mm. I'm just curious to see who's going to do that. And yeah, I would agree. You know, Stetson's probably going to probably going to air the ball out quite a good bit uh, just because that's that's what they've having to rely on right now mm. he's done a good job of of avoiding pressure um even though he's been under a lot of pressure in these last couple of games he hasn't taken a ton of sacks though um so Stetson Bennett man I I hats off to him for for being just a a gamer man he's just out yeah. there playing ball I, I like what I see from him when he improvises he's been uh, able to get the ball to his playmakers. Um, you know, he's not he's not like the, a world beater, but he's definitely not the guy who people have for the last couple of years pegged as the liability on that offense. Right, exactly. I mean, it, he is he's in his you know fiftieth year, so he, he's got it down pat. <laughs> you know, he's been around for a while, and finally, it's his team. So, you know, he's he's going to make it his team. You know, you have George has always had a running back by committee. Um, over the past few years, and it's, it's, that's a lot of what I'm seeing this year as well. What what has been the difference? Obviously, you had guys like Zamir White who was tearing it up last year, uh, but but what do you think has been the difference in this season? <clears throat> Are you just looking for someone to emerge, or what, what's been the thing? Yeah, you've, you've got to find somebody that can emerge out of those three. I don't think they've found them yet, uh, and they've given them all three really good chances to do so, but they, they haven't None of them have stepped up to the plate completely. So it's it's still an open job back there. And like Caesar said, they're so used to having that one guy that can just pound the rock, and they don't have it right now. So it's mm. it could be a liability later on down the road. Mm. Guys, any any any? What are your you know our obvious concerns has been with the linebacker? Uh, oh my god! The past few yeah. weeks, and <clears throat> they're I mean again they're matched up tight ends, running backs. What do you expect Georgia to do? Obviously, you know they've seen this on film. So there's obvious some things Georgia may try to do. What, what What is it that we can hope for to shore up that position or to at least kind of mask its weaknesses? Who is our linebacker coach? Is it Christian Robinson? It's Christian Robinson. They need to donate half of his salary to charity, man. Like His linebackers are not playing well, and they're not wrapping up. They're picking, you know, they're taking the wrong gaps. Uh, linebacker play has easily been the most disappointing position group on this team, offense or defense. To me, easily. We expected what we expected from the O-line, right? Um, I think now that Robbie Ashford has kind of emerged as the front runner at quarterback, uh, people are less pessimistic because he can move and we, and, and we need that behind this line. Uh, you know, Tank and Jarquez are tanking Jarquez. The wide receivers are, again, just not as bad. We've got playmakers at defensive back. The D-line is starting to get pressure. It's the linebackers, man. Now, um, a lot of things could have won the game last last week, but Steiner had a chance to make a name for himself, and he just blew a tackle. Yeah, they ended up being a score. Now, there's nothing to say that they don't score on the subsequent plays, but 
you know, I, those are the ones you look back on and you're just like, you had them, man. You had a, you had a guy dead to rights that you just for have loss, to wrap too. up. Not just a tackle, but he had a, for a loss, loss, loss yeah. whiffed on. Um, and so uh, I heard um, it wasn't just, uh, I heard an explanation from a coach. Um, I forgot where I heard it today, but um, again, Pap was out of position again on that play. That was supposed to be a gang tackle. He was supposed to be there to make the play as well, too, they were saying. And he just wasn't. He went up the wrong gap, and he just wasn't anywhere around to help Steiner. And, again, in, in, a, in a game that you lose by one score is just really, really disappointing. So it's it's linebacker play worries me here. Um, if our defensive ends can't shut down some of that stuff before things get to the second level. So... Uh, I think that Stetson Bennett is is un, is an underrated athlete uh, outside of the pocket, operating outside of the pocket. Personally, I like his game. I think when he gets moving, every once in a while he'll rip off like a 25-yarder on you. and It just doesn't look like he's supposed to be able to do that, but he can. And our linebackers chasing Stetson around, I mean, worry me a little bit. So hopefully they took a look on tape about what that, what that is. And, uh, you know, the tackling drills should have been front and center practice this week. You know, when you when I look when I rewatched the tape from LSU, I was really disappointed in in in, in the tackling. Uh, I mean, Robbie Ashford might have had the best tackle on the day. Uh, no, not might have. He did. <laughs> yeah, he did. yeah, right. Like, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this this goes down. But I I fear no matter how he looks, I fear Stetson Bennett. I think he's earned the right to be feared. Um, and, you know, he seems to have great chemistry with his playmakers in the passing game as well, too. I just, man, I, I don't know. This is a tall, you know, if, if they're going to pull anything off, they've got to figure something out at linebacker. I, I would remind everybody that um, Papo was the highest rated recruit in that 2019 class. You know, he was one of the, he's one of the highest rated recruits we've had, period. But, like, you know, this was a guy who was, was supposed to be a can't-miss prospect. This is supposed to be your star, man. This is supposed to be the guy that comes in and is definitely going first two rounds in the NFL draft. Is he not doing and it? I haven't, I haven't watched Auburn much this year. No, no, man. He's, no? he's having a terrible season. He's, yeah. he's, he's from right up the road at Grayson, so I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've watched him since he was what feels like he's 12 years old. That's when he yeah. I'm, every week we're talking about him missing the tackle, some Dang important yeah. tackle. Dang. Every week. So Dang. it's going to be tough. Now, and I would ask, like, is he just simply playing out of position in terms of just him just not being strong, but regardless of where you're on the field, you can't miss tackles, right? Like, yeah. if, if you're there, you got to wrap up. Like, there's no position you can put him in that improve that. Yeah, he's just making, I mean, Jaden Daniels made him look silly on the one run. Now, mind you, he's a great athlete, so it was good athlete on good athlete. But he's just not, given a chance one-on-one to make plays, he's just not making plays. And, and that's tough, man, from a guy who was one of the most senior guys in your team. He's a leader in practice. He's a leader in the locker room. But he's not a gamer, it seems. Does all the things that you know? I would not say a bad thing about him as as as, as a person, right? He does, and a teammate, right? Um, and uh, a football player. But you know, on when the lights come on, dude, he is not game time, man. Um, and I wonder if that's a position that they start to look at as well, too, and just say, hey, for the betterment of our team, love you, Pap, but let's see if somebody else can contribute at a higher level at that position. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's. It, I mean, it's it's tight, but it's it's right. Like, I, I think Owen Papo has underperformed expectations thus far. Uh, physically, he has all of the measurables that should make him amazing. 
Um, but I can't point to one thing that I say, oh, and Papo does this really well. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. thing to have to say about a guy like this because we had we had high hopes for him coming into the season, but he just has just not performed. And I, and, I, and when I look at the defense as a whole, I, you know, this is not a bad defense at all. They may have been struggling to force turnovers, but for the most part, there's plenty of athleticism and there are plenty of players on this defense to at least compete with. But uh, if you're not, you know, that second level is just so important, especially when you tighten up in the red zone. If they get past the D-line, your linebackers have to make plays, man, or or people are just going to walk into the end zone. So, yeah. mm. Guys, any any other comments on, on our defense versus Georgia's offense before we uh, move on to our segment? No, man. I, we, need, we need Keontae Scott, and we need DJ James to have games. Kaufman came up with a big strip. You know, um, I was actually pleased with Pritchett uh, last week. Uh, he Pritchett play. played well. He got a BS. Well, no, nah, it wasn't BS. He actually was holding on that. I went back and watched the film. He yeah, did yeah, grab him. He grabbed so. him. Yeah, but with with uh, Eku, James out. is the one who got the BS call. That pass interference. Yeah, was crap. No, that, yeah that, that was bogus. That was bogus. Uh, yeah, with Eku out, somebody else has a chance to step up. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's it's like get in there, man. This is your chance to shine here against Georgia on the road. I saw I saw a stat. This we're averaging like maybe seven points a a game in Georgia for over the last 20 years or something. Like, we just don't mm. we don't score there. <laughs> so anything over a touchdown is, like, extra credit for this offense. At wow. The Owen, Stadium. Owen, uh, Owen's overall PFF grade, 52.1. Third lowest in the game. Listen, man, we don't yeah. tell no lies about our yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, man, listen, he's barely a football player at this point. It's, you know, by the Jeez. numbers. So. I'm saying, I think what's, and, and, you know, of course, that's at, that's below average, but it's even more disappointing because of the measurables. Right. Like, he's right. he runs well, he's strong, he's just not in position, and he's not tackling when he gets there. You know, he had the big highlight hit where he, not, you know, against Penn State early in that game, but then the rest of the game, there's nothing, right? Nothing. And And most of that was, you know, he happened to be in the right place at the right time with somebody else getting there first, right? So right. it just... I and I I want so badly for him to play well. When he blitzes, he does fairly well. He's 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 fairly good at blitzing, and so they may use him to do some of that linebacker stunt blitz stuff to come up the a gap. But um, is he is he getting, yeah he doesn't drafted right now? I, oh man, based upon what he's put on film, they'd have to have a really good combine. Like which he, which I mean, he could I, which he could. I mean, no, his combine he's going to look yeah. amazing. He's going to look combine. amazing. I mean, he's a workout warrior, and that's yeah. that's one of the things, Paul. We were hearing great things in the off season because he he was a leader. He's a leader. Uh, for they actually named the captain, one of the captains for this team, and so you expected big things from him coming off of an injury. We talked about how much we missed him or how, how much he would have added to the defense last year. So coming back with an opportunity to prove himself, we expected so much from him and he just, hasn't I, lived I, up I just, him. I, so the, the, the thing that worries me about Papo at the next level is he's not a middle linebacker. He's not an NFL middle linebacker. He's mm-hmm. an NFL outside linebacker or, you know, something of that nature, but then he doesn't cover well enough to be a guy that you want to consistently be against like the best tight ends or the best, you know, running backs out of the backfield. And so, again, he's got all the speed, but I, I don't know what's the thing that he's going to be on your team that says, oh, man, I can just plug him in and he's going to be this guy for us. Like, I don't know who to compare him to to say, oh, yeah, he's this kind of player. I don't see it yet. Is um, he is he going to be the one primarily guarding Bowers or – or who, how, how are they going to line that up? That's uh, – we get, we get scorched if that's the case. <laughs> I, if, I don't – 
So I, I think what they likely will end up doing is bring Puckett down into the box and have Puckett, Puckett's this, uh, our safety. Yeah. And they'll have Puckett play him primarily just because Puckett's a linebacker size, but he plays safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the better matchup for Auburn in that scenario, or they're going to put somebody like a Keontae Scott, who's going to be like a, a, a nickel corner in there. Um, but yeah, that, that's me guessing, right? Yeah, like Cam, yeah, yeah, Cam yeah, Riley, yeah. who's not pictured here, is right. um, also a, a linebacker who we could try it out there. Um, I, I've heard Eugene Asante actually plays the pass fairly well from the linebacker position, so that's another one. Um, but it's a unique thing with Georgia because they use both of their tight ends so much in the pass game that you can't re- – like you got to devote somebody to Brock Bowers, but then you also have to f- figure out how to cover Darnell Washington. So I don't know. I, I don't is. think you can figure out how to cover Darnell Washington. I don't think you can figure out how to cover him in the NFL. I mean, he's he. You guys, uh, he's are gonna, a physical freak. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, just Washington's from a, a football stance, and I know you know your 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 faithful here probably won't like it, but if you look at it just from a football stance, watching him next week or this upcoming Saturday against Auburn, and the way he's able to move at the size that he is. You have to just recognize the the freak, like you said. Yeah. Like the, yeah. You have to recognize that ability. I mean, you're not going to see this guy very often come around college, and much less be productive once he gets there. Uh, and it took Darnell a long time, man. Um, you know, freshman year didn't, didn't really click. Sophomore year, you wanted to see more from him, and now finally he's getting the ball to him a little bit more. And the way that he blocks on the outside, it's it's really unfair. It's like having a second Broderick Jones out there, another tackle. Uh, that's that's even faster. So it's right. it's one of those things that they can have laps on offense where they can, like Caesar said, have five turnovers the last two games. But when you have guys like Bowers and Washington that you can run behind and then you can play action to those guys, it's really tough to beat, uh, even yeah. if you're playing a really bad game. Yeah, sure. Well, 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 we'll call Missouri and ask them for their uh... – <laughs> They have I mean, tape. For their game there's, there's, yeah. there's tape to beat. Georgia. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how Missouri did it is they did a lot of games up front that the offensive mm-hmm. line didn't do a particularly good job of handling, and yep. they they didn't blitz per se. They did a lot of zone blitzing, right? So they would they rarely blitz. Had more than five guys actually rushing a passer on any given play, but how they were bringing the pressures from yep. different places was confusing the Georgia offensive line a lot, and their defensive line was absolutely destroying the gap scheme stuff that they were doing. Like when they were trying, like they were shooting those gaps and really ma- they made the running backs have to cut before they got to the hole, which allowed their linebackers to come flow down. So the defensive line did a really good job of getting penetration early and then Clinton linebackers would come and clean up. So Auburn's going to have to do something similar. Georgia did a good job of switching how they did their, their run fits though. Like, so they just changed from, um, you know, doing, zone blocking to to more of the pulling tackles and stuff like they just did something different in the second half and it it made missouri's ability to get up field have to be stagnated a little bit because they couldn't just trust what they saw so we'll see what how they come out against auburn that's the one thing that you you have to worry about with with georgia is they do have the ability to be multiple and how they attack in their life 